1: netsuite.com slash hollywood netsuite.com slash hollywood adam found his old striped shirts from 2007 so now i have like four that i can put into rotation
0: oh i'm having total nostalgia shirt
1: nostalgia (laughs) well you will see one of them tomorrow yay
0: Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz.
1: That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's
0: episode, we're going to talk about the progress, yes, progress we're making on our
1: novel. We also have hits for reps and a bomb about an ending that makes us, but mostly me sad. Then we have a take a hike about
0: doing you on the picket line. And this week's Hollywood hack will make your hair happier.
1: And I have a TV show rec. But first, Sarah, this update, we want to thank everybody for all of the suggestions we're getting for great t-shirts. We had put out a call asking you all to um, tell us what t-shirt you love And we're getting so many, we're going, investigating all of them, (laughs) looking, and we will report back at some point about what we tried, what looks great. So thank you for that. Yes. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill
0: Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's
1: we have a draft of the first 40 pages of our novel. Yes. So I think we may have mentioned we split up the beginning of the book and we each went off to write a few scenes. And... I have talked about how my terror, I don't know why, this process has just made me face all my inner demons. <laughs> so I was really dragging on putting them together because I was terrified to have you read my pages. Yeah, but so we you kept finally, texting me.
0: Yes. It's really <laughs> bad. It's so bad. It's terrible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but we finally put them
0: together. And I mean, I read yours the minute I got it. I was so excited and it took me like two seconds. I was completely engrossed. It was so fun to read. And I was like, what is she talking about? (laughs) It was so good. I was so
1: relieved. (laughs) I was so relieved. And then I didn't look at it when we sent it because I was like, I can't deal with this. So then poor you were just out there not having had me read them. But then I read them and I'm like, oh my God, I love it. So we have the beginning of a novel. I mean, yes, it's, we do. are there changes to be made, rewriting to be done in these first 40 pages? Of course. But it feels like an actual beginning of a book.
0: Yes, and what was comforting to me is that none of it felt like it needed a major course correction. There's always right. stuff, but I wasn't like, oh, God, we don't know who these people are. There's nowhere to go with this. It was just like, oh, cool, I am really enjoying reading this.
1: Yes, all of our ideas for rewriting are enhancing it, going deeper, planting things, yeah. making the, the women— Go together better, because, of course, we were each writing in a vacuum, so we need to adjust to, to have them all, you know, fit perfectly. But it's not—yes, it's not a, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and think about what we're doing situation. Yes. I mean, and that's a huge relief because that
0: has happened before. I mean, that happens to us oh. on scripts all the time where we, you know, read a draft of something that we wrote or that someone else yes. wrote. And we're like, okay, we need to have a big conversation.
1: Yes. Let's take a step back. Yeah. People say, let's go to the 50,000 foot view. When oh, anyone God. says that, you know, it's going to be bad. Yes. <laughs> a couple things that are kind of of interest. It, we decided that it, rather than go back and rewrite what we've done, we're just going to keep moving forward to get a draft. Yes. Because we could spend forever going back. And and as we go, we may make bigger decisions that impact the beginning. So there's no point in rewriting it now. Exactly. Yes, there
0: could be something on page 250 that affects something we do on page 5. So it would just be obsolete, not worth the time. Because I think the, the cool thing, or the thing that I'm really, like, is sinking in for me is that momentum is key. Like, just continuing the process and keeping it moving forward. As we know, most people who write novels are like, I write every day from, you know, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Because it's not, you don't have to do it that long, but you have to do it consistently. Yes. And that is definitely sinking in for me right now. It's been a while since I wrote a book. We did that when we were on The Shield. And I mean, I was so like... Yeah, barely awake most of the time. <laughs> Like, I didn't, it was just like any hour I could find to write on that book, I did. But now I'm getting that, okay, you really just have to keep going. Moving forward is the most important thing.
1: Yes, and uh, my sister Gretchen has a thing that, you know, the things we do every day matter more than the things we do once in a while. And it's like writing a little bit every day adds up. really does. Much more than if we said, okay, on Wednesday, we're going to write for eight hours. Not a good idea. (laughs) No. Um, and it's kind of the best thing that has come out of this, um, and I say this for anybody who's, you know, embarking on a big project like this, is that once you start and you see what you have, now we say, we can do this. Yes. Like, we, I wasn't sure we could, but we can. We totally can. I was always sure we could. I know, I know. (laughs) But I, for whatever reason, have been feeling very insecure about it. Now, I feel very sure that we can and we must and we will. And we will. Si se puede. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we can. Let's
0: bring in some Dolores Huerta. And we are going to. Yes. I think that's the most comforting thing. It's like, all right, it's a done deal. This is happening.
1: Yes. So we might as well write. I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, <sighs> If this is happening, I may as well do my pages because I'm going to have to do them at some point.
0: Yes, exactly. So, yay. I would say that's a positive first
1: report on our novel progress. Absolutely. And we'll keep everyone posted along the way. Yes. All right, coming up, we've got hits and bombs. But first, this break... Head to factormeals.com HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Okay, Sarah, it is time for Hits and Bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And we are starting this week with a joint hit um, that is strike-related. Yes. We want to give a hit to all of the agencies and agents and management companies and managers who have been so really supportive of the WGA. Yes. This is
0: like a gigantic hit. It's not even a big hit. It's like an earth-sized yeah. hit Um, because in two 2000- thousand. 7, 2008, it was just such a different thing. And and there wasn't a tremendous amount of support from like everyone around writers this time. I mean, having our Diane keeps saying like, when can I meet you on the picket line? Like having our managers in our case and agents for other people really supporting us. Makes such a difference. It takes off some of the guilt for one thing, because you feel so bad about so many things when you're striking and the impact on other people. (laughs) But like knowing that they're like there with us and people are sending food trucks and all kinds of wonderful things. it's, It's thank you. This is
1: a big hit. Yes, thank you. Yes, and we have talked in the past about the support we're getting from SAG, from DGA, from IATSE, from the Teamsters. Go Teamsters! But you know, those are all unions. This right. is coming from non-union people, from our agents and managers, and it it is not it's not going unnoticed. It is being noticed and appreciated and discussed by the writers on the picket line. So thank you. Yes. And then, Liz, you have a bomb, a very sad bomb. Yes. So, Sarah, my bomb is to um, Succession just for being over. Okay? <laughs> Succession's <laughs> finale was this week. I went and watched the finale with some Fantasy Island people at Fantasy Island writer-producer Adam Bellinoff's house, which was great. So I love to celebrate a finale, and we had deviled Greggs, which will be funny to anybody who watches Succession. Um, And there was a prize, which our former assistant Lauren won for predicting the most correct things about the ending. Mm -hmm. But look, I am going to miss this show so much. I love just getting into a world of a show, even if the Succession story is over, I would happily every week just watch these characters living their lives, you know, with nothing (laughs) happening. I just love the world. And I know millions obviously agree with me. And someone said last night, what are we going to do now? Like, what's the next show? Because, you know, we had Game of Thrones, which we were all Mm -hmm. into and was a whole world and had a whole lot of hype about it. And Succession has had all this hype, but there isn't really another show right now to take its place. Or is there? I mean, I would love to hear from people. If they have a show that they think is on that level, that's going to be multi-seasons, I'd love to know what it is and, and, you know, get going on it.
0: (laughs) And Liz, my question is, do you think now that it's over, is this a show you're going to watch again? Like, in the absence of, yes. you know, the successor to Succession, are you going to just go back to the beginning and start over?
1: Well, that's a good question. Many, many people have watched it again and watched to prepare for the end. I have not—I rarely watch things over. I have not rewatched Game of Thrones, which most people have. I have mm. not rewatched The Sopranos. We'll see. I may. I may on this. Especially if I could get you to watch, maybe I'd watch it at the same time so uh. that we could discuss it. Or if I could get Adam to watch, because Adam has not watched it. Oh, So then maybe I would re-watch. I think I would probably enjoy it. I think it's just I always want to see new stuff, because I feel like as a TV writer, it's my job to consume Television. Yeah. And I fill up a lot of my me time with reality. So when I'm watching drama, I feel like it should be something new. Right. But we'll see because it is leaving a huge hole in my life. I mean, I definitely feel really sad about it. I just love it so much. It's like when Mad Men ended. I'm still not over that. I am not (laughs) over the end of Mad Men. I still miss it so acutely. And then succession came along, at least to distract you. I know. So now I'm back to missing Mad Men. <laughs> but I guess this is why we're TV writers, because we're passionate about television. Yes. So you know, I'm in the right place Not at the moment, but in a larger <laughs> sense. Yes, from the fifty thousand foot view. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <sighs> okay, Liz. <laughs> It's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about physical, mental, and spiritual health. So this should help you get through this succession sadness. And today, it's physical and mental. It's you do you on the picket
1: line. Yes. So talk about what that means.
0: Well, we've discussed how important the solidarity of other unions and agents and managers has been In this strike. But there's also the sort of individual picketer and how you approach being on the picket line. And we've discovered that there are so many different ways to do it, which uh, like I didn't feel in 2007, 2008, it was all we were just all kind of marching in a circle. (laughs) You know, now it's like everybody's got their thing.
1: Yeah, we talk about how everybody needs to do what works for them, right, in life. And it's the same when you're picketing. For me, for instance, Sarah, I love it as a social time. I go there and I chat. I just chat and chat and chat. I've met so many people. I've caught up with other people I am really enjoying the social interaction. For me, that's what it's about. Yes. But then our friend Corrine, who we picketed
0: with recently, she was just like, it's just so much to be social. I want to come and march and then go home, (laughs) which I totally understand.
1: And for those people who really don't want to be that social on the picket line, we've observed that wearing earbuds is very effective. So, and I've done that a little bit. As I said, mostly I'm social, but if I just don't, for whatever reason, occasionally I've been wearing earbuds. But there are people who just arrive, they pick up, they sign in, they pick up a sign, and they put in their earbuds, and they walk, and they do that for however long. Yeah, And that's it, and they don't talk to anyone. So that's a tip. Yes.
0: (laughs) And then we have a friend who just instead of doing like a big loop around the whole studio and picketing all the gates, has picked her gate. She's just going to go back and forth in front of that gate all day long. And that is her thing.
1: Yes, and those are people, I think, who just like routine. They like Mm -hmm. to know what they're doing. They don't want to alter it. I've gone... And you have gone to other studios, not just one studio, because we like to see, well, who's there? You know, maybe there'll be people to catch up with there. Whereas this friend of ours, Lisa, she just likes to know where she's going and know what she's doing and do it with probably mostly the same people every day, because I think a lot of people pick it and go around and around, and that'll be their strike experience, and they'll bond. Yes, One thing that
0: we unfortunately have that a lot of people who are new to picketing don't have is like, we sort of have memories of 2007, 2008, and like, we want to go to Fox. We want to picket Fox. We haven't done that yet, but that's where we spent the entire strike in 2007, 2008. So we want to go there just for like the memories. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The great memories. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes. So we are definitely in the wanting to bounce around category of people. So yeah, next week we need to go to Fox. Yes. And then another thing, people are doing, and we've done a bit of this, and I think this is a great idea. Again, uh, some like it, others don't, which is making picketing dates. Yes. So you see some, whether it's someone you see on the picket line and you say, oh, let's make a date to picket together on Thursday and really catch up, or if it's someone that you want to see, like we want to see Corrine, so we might say, hey, Corrine, let's meet at Disney on Thursday. That's a thing that a lot of people like to do. The problem with that, I will say, because I did this to someone the other day, is your date can easily get crashed. Oh, uh, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I saw someone the other day who I think was on a picket date. They'd planned, let's meet, let's talk, let's pick it. And I was like, Oh, hey, can I walk with you guys? And then there <laughs> I am inserting myself. <laughs> So that date can get crashed, but then that can be fun because you can meet someone new. Yes. And then, obviously, there's the actual picket dating
0: that is going on. I think a lot of people mm. know that many people met their spouses back in 2007, 2008, and there's definitely that feeling of like, all right, is my person out here walking around? Am I going to meet yes. them? And this is going to change my life. So there are also actual picketing romantic dates yes, happening. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, some people on the line are, you know, looking for a mate. Now, Sarah, one thing in terms of making picketing work for you that I have decided is that I have vowed I will never eat something on the picket line unless I have brought it, which is basically a zone bar that I carry around with me in case my blood sugar gets low Because there is so much food, wonderfully, uh, the support is incredible we are getting with all this food, but I know myself, and I can go down a a snacking, uh, you know, hole if I start eating the stuff that people bring to the picket line.
0: Yes, and it's a, you know, it's donuts, you know, how we feel about donuts. (laughs) There is some healthy stuff, veggies and stuff, but it's mostly not and then there are food trucks now. That's a question that I have. Like, if you were there at lunchtime and there was a food truck, would you eat from the food truck?
1: I have thought about this and I have decided no, I've decided that's just a slippery slope, and for my own just health and sanity, I just don't want to have. I don't want to have any sort of gray area or slippery slopes. So I'm just yes. going to keep it strict. Okay. Yes. And
0: my personal picketing thing is I like to get in my steps. I like to have people to pick it with, but then I want to go to lunch either before I want to go to lunch and then pick it, or I want to pick it and then go to lunch because I, I want the more like quieter social time, not the like, oh, I'm talking with 8,000 people around me social time.
1: Yeah. So and you and I have done both. We've picketed yeah. and gone to lunch and I I prefer to picket and then go to lunch. Yes, I think cuz one too. it's cooler in the morning. Yeah. And then also you're done and you lunch is more enjoyable <laughs> m- once you're done with your task. True. True. So I'm curious if anybody wants to write in with their picketing preferences. I'd be curious. Might give us some ideas for how we want to do it. You know, it's going to be a long summer. Gretchen and I talk about designing your summer on the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. And I'm like, this is my summer of picketing. (laughs) Yes. Don't need to design beyond that. Of course, I would love it if the strike ended and picketing was no longer necessary. But I think most of us feel that this is going to go through the summer. So write to us with your suggestions. Also, any hacks you may have. I, Sarah, could throw Please. out a quick picketing, picketing hack. hacks. I oh, can throw out a it. quick picketing hack, bonus hack for this episode. My sister gave me a sling bag, fanny pack, whatever you want to call it, that I wear around crossbody style. And it has a pocket on the outside. And what I do is I stick my picketing sign into that pocket so it's it's holding it up and then I have my hand above where, you know, a, higher on the the stick part. And it really helps because holding up the sign gets quite tiring, especially when it's windy. So this way that anchors my sign and helps me a lot. So okay.
0: I have to say, that is a genius hack. I would never have thought of it in a million years. You showed me last week when we were picketing, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Now, uh, just having something to stick the end of that sign in so it's not wavering in the wind as much, so smart. I
1: hope a lot of picketers are listening to this, Liz. So the key is to have the bag that has that outside pocket. All right, coming up, Sarah has got a hair Hollywood hack, but first a spray. Okay, Liz, this
0: week's Hollywood hack is the Dip Tangerine and Honeydew Conditioner Bar. Now, I had recommended a shampoo bar previously. And I was, didn't give a brand. There are so many. They're all probably, you know, good in different ways. But I tried a lot of conditioner bars, and I did not like any of them. And then someone on our Facebook group recommended Dip. And one of our other listeners knows the founder. So I was like, oh, God, I really hope I like this. <laughs> yeah. And I totally love it. So the Dip Tangerine and Honeydew Conditioner Bar. It's the first one that, like, has made my hair happy. So I'm thrilled. Thank you for the recommendation listeners.
1: Yes. And just in case anyone missed that shampoo bar hack, uh, do you want to just quickly describe what that is? Because I had never heard of a shampoo bar until you told me about it. Well, it's basically
0: if you're trying to have less plastic and less waste in your life, it's just a bar that's like soap and you use it, you know, you rub it over your head and it, works like shampoo, but you're not throwing out a plastic bottle at the end. You're, you know, it's just, it's more environmentally
1: friendly. All right. So the Dip Tangerine Honeydew Conditioner Bar. Yes. Sarah, finally, this week you have a recommendation for us. Every week we're recommending something, whether it be a podcast, TV show, movie, just something we like. And this week you have a TV show.
0: Yes. If anyone is not watching somebody somewhere on Max, which is for, used to be HBO Max, it is not Cinemax, but now it's called Max. Makes no sense. Anyway. If you're not watching Somebody Somewhere, you really should. This is a show created by Hannah Boss and Chris Therene. It takes place in Kansas, which, of course, feels very close to our Missouri people's hearts. It stars Bridget Everett as Sam. She is beyond amazing. Incredible. She's... Like, the female Jeremy Strong, but I can watch her. Like, she just has so much going on. (laughs) And, like, she sings. She's hilarious. She's emotional. Like, it's just every episode. I just
1: can't believe this woman. Yeah, and then I'm also loving this show. As you know, Sarah, I'm completely obsessed with it. Jeff Hiller plays her friend Joel, and he is incredible. As well. Yes. I think like season
0: one, he maybe didn't have as much to do. And then they realized this guy is unfucking believable. <laughs> we need to have him yeah. in there with her. And it's so nice to see him. But the whole cast is great. Mary Catherine Garrison plays her sister, Tricia. Murray Hill plays this Fred, this guy who's just like, you just love him. So charming. Oh, uh, so. Uh, Just watch the show. It will make you happier and make your life better.
1: Yes. It will absolutely— When I finish it, I'm definitely happier every time the credits roll. I feel good inside. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. You can email
0: us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And please follow us if you haven't already.
1: Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound.
0: Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project.
1: Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rich and Rubin, Side Hustle School and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler.
0: Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation.
1: Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for
0: joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Liz, I felt very, like, small town this week. Violet took eggs to all of our neighbors because now our chickens are laying so much.
1: (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. And I have, like, little tins with a stamp that says Fane Family Farm. And she took them to all the neighbors. Oh, cute. Oh, my gosh. Yesterday, one of our neighbors uh, brought me some homemade bacon that he makes.
1: Oh, Isn't that sweet? I was like, oh. Community that—that's very somebody somewhere. Very it Manhattan, is. Kansas. It is. I love it. From the Onward Project.